Seeker-friendly churches today are ones where they teach that you have to basically do everything you can to get the sinners in the house. So you got to get rid of anything that might offend them. You can't talk about sin. You can't talk about, uh, you got to get rid of tongues. This is a huge movement in the body of Christ right now. Because, you know, <laughs> their, their carnality and sin and disengagement didn't work. Okay, well, maybe what we'll do is just try to blend in with them. So, yeah, you don't, you don't preach on sin. You, got to, you can't preach for longer than 20 minutes. Um, you got to put on this. That's why you see all of a sudden now with all of the churches have these rock and roll stages, color and branding. Um, it's meant to uh, tickle the eyes and the ears and uh, to get them caught up in, ooh, look at all of this. And, uh, and, they, and they absolutely teach you cannot do tongues. You cannot lay on hands. There ain't no such thing as talking about demons, let alone casting them out. None of that prophecy stuff, none of the gifts of the spirit, none of that dreams and visions stuff. Just keep it simple and get the people in the door. And so they've been doing this for a while and they had a big conference here because they said that, well, that didn't work because they said, we got them in the door. They said, but now they're going back out because that stuff doesn't, that stuff might get them there, but that stuff won't keep them there. Every person in the planet is born and engineered and created in such a way that the only thing that will truly keep you is the word of God, then the deeper things of God in the supernatural. And having a real relationship with Jesus Christ and then having encounters with heaven. If you don't do that and you don't teach that, people will eventually become disconnected. The other problem is, is that most pastors do not grow. Most don't. So what happens is, is that you join the church and he's here maybe on level four. You join the church on level one. Well, because he's not really growing, because they're usually stuck in their denominational or you know, group that they're in, they don't grow, so they're not even allowed to experiment and study other things. So you grow, he's on level four, you join him on level one, so what happens is he pull, he, he doesn't even know this, but he's pulling you up to his level. Okay, every leader is gonna pull you up to his level, period. When you get to his level, there's a disconnect. Because now he's preaching stuff, but you're not growing. And it's kinda like you've been here for seven, eight years and nothing has changed, nothing is new. We kinda got doing the same regurgitated messages, boom. And so, so if a leader is not, so what's supposed to happen is, is that you come in, maybe the leader's at four, you're at one, and you go to two, but now the leader's at five, you go to three, he's at six, you know what I'm saying? He's constantly growing, so he keeps pulling you up. That's why Yonggi Cho said after 30 years, he said he was preaching the same thing every year, but his congregation members thought he was preaching a new sermon every single week. He said it was the same thing. He said, but I prayed on it, breathed on it, the Holy Spirit gave me more. I mean, you know, some of you have been here long enough to see the progression when it came to fasting. Y'all like, yeah, yeah, because that stuff you was talking in the beginning, that was some pizza and cookie stuff. I'm just playing. But you see the progression. And so, you know, and so it'll keep on going because there is no end to the word. I heard a powerful revelation. I believe it was by Miles Monroe. And he said that, you know, the scripture says that, that God used men to write the Bible. He breathed upon them. They were moved by the Holy Spirit. And he said that, that when the men wrote it, it says that God had these some type of process by which he proofread what they wrote seven times to make sure it was what he said. And so that's what the scripture says, that the word of God has been purified seven times. OK, so so it's a lot of interesting things, a lot of things that we're learning. And uh, and, um, you know, I understand that when it comes to apostolic works, which this ministry is, they're birthed at a particular time in order to meet the demands of that time. And so, uh, so I'm going to share a couple of things with you on tonight. So let's go ahead and jump into this. Uh, 2 Corinthians 11, 3 through 4. It says, but I fear that somehow your pure and undivided devotion to Christ will be corrupted. Just as Eve was deceived by the cunning ways of the serpent. So the same way that the enemy or the, uh, the and, and, uh, was one of the ways that the enemy was able to trick Eve is that it was commonplace for men and mankind to talk to animals back then. Okay. Um, you know, there was no limitations on intellect, including animals. And so human beings would have regular conversations with animals as though it was commonplace. And so, and so it is obvious through scripture that an animal can yield itself to a demonic spirit or a demonic spirit can get on the inside of an animal and, uh, and then that animal can you know, then be used the same way that the Holy Spirit can come upon an animal, just like donkey and Balaam. Balaam disobeyed God and the spirit of God came upon the donkey and the donkey spoke in a human voice. 
Okay, so spirits have the ability to manipulate the animal kingdom and use them for their own personal service. And so, but the same way that the enemy snuck on the inside of Eve and deceived her to do something is the same way that the scripture says that your uh, undivided of, uh, devotion to Christ uh, can be corrupted. And that's usually corrupted by men who do things and create things that get your attention. Hey, uh, I didn't know today Facebook Messenger, you know, uh, I guess crashed. I said, that's a good thing. Okay, now I, I, thought my, I thought they had shut down my wife's account because she put something up. So I'm calling folk around. Hey, they say, no, it's shut down. Don't worry, don't worry. Okay, but it says you happily put up with whatever anyone tells you, even if they preach a different Jesus, number one, than we preach. Or a different kind of spirit, number two, than the one you receive. Or a different kind of gospel, number three, than the one you have believed. You know, ever since I taught those two messages on number three, Man, I didn't seen it. I mean, I'm just the other message just pale in comparison just to what the Lord has showed me. That I used to, I, I was taught that seven was God's favorite number. Nope, it is obvious that three is God's favorite number. Okay, and so, uh, but here it says that, you know, there's a different Jesus. So there's a different Jesus being preached today than the one the Heavenly Father intended to be preached. There's definitely a different kind of spirit in the planet. Okay. Um, when we teach on the occult after this series, the demonology and the occult, we're going to teach it from the point of view of an octopus with many tentacles. That's the occult. So it's the, 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 the occult is the octopus, but the tentacles are one tentacle is witchcraft, one is a Ouija board, one is psychic, one is, y'all know what I'm saying. And so, uh, so it's a different kind of spirit that you have received and a different type of gospel than the one you believe. The Bible says that the gospel of Jesus Christ is based on Jesus being crucified and the power of God. That is the gospel is the power of God that is available to men who accept Jesus Christ. That is the gospel. First Timothy 4 1. Now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in last days or last times, some will turn away from the true faith and they will and they will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. And so uh, there's two things. One, there are teachings out here, and some of them are very religious, and some of them, many of them are in the church. Whenever you have a church that teaches that we need to get rid of tongues, we need to get rid of healing, we need to get rid of all that type of stuff, know that they are under the influence of the demonic realm. Because Jesus, on a bad day, would not ever tell you to get rid of anything that's in the Bible in order to win people. Y'all understand what I'm saying? And so, uh, so you have deceptive spirits, that turn people away from the faith and teachings that come from demons that turn people away from the faith. So I'm going to encourage you. How many know you're not getting ready to be in that number? Amen. I said you're not getting ready to be in that number. Amen. You plan on being faithful to the end. Yeah, I don't care what nobody else does. I, me and my wife are talking today. Look, wonderful. Whether the church gets to a gazillion members or not one person joins, I am more interested in my reward for the other side. I've still been thinking on eternity a lot. I was thinking about how, because this is the part that grieves me, and i got to do uh, even a better job of getting people to understand this, is that how many know that if you were a manager and you had to fill a position and the position has to be filled for 30 years with the same individual, how many of you know that you're going to really, really, really look for an individual. You know what I'm saying? Well, the thing to remember is, is that God is also filling positions, but they are for eternity. And that's why the Bible says you must be counted worthy for these things. Okay. That have been died for. And so there are certain things that God will allow to happen to you. There are certain things he will send you through. And that's the price that you have to pay in order to secure that position. When Rick Jordan was in heaven, the Lord told him that most of the top positions have not been filled yet because they can hardly find any men in the planet that are worthy for those top positions. One of the men that's in that top position was a homeless man on earth by the name of Angelo. Okay, so, um, so, so with that, I just want us to look at something. I kind of talked a little bit on Sunday, but I need to come back and reiterate it again to make sure that you understand where we are. I was talking with uh, Eric before the service and, and I was telling him that, you know, we were talking about this on the prayer call this morning. And I was telling him that, uh, you know, when I started the church seven years ago, 
I don't, I mean, I mean, the planet was bad and there was a lot of negative stuff going on. But I'm like, by golly, as they used to say back in the day, it's a lot of stuff that's changed in the area of wickedness just in seven years. And I'm just like, this stuff is moving. And, and it seems like as each, it used to be like almost like each year that went past, it got worse. You know, but now it seems like each day that goes by is getting worse. And I told him, this is the stuff we know about. What about the stuff we don't know about? I mean, it is crazy, y'all. I know there are going to people that don't like this, y'all. But there is something extremely wicked and diabolical on the left. I know people don't like that because you've been brought up to think a particular political way. But y'all, there is something extremely demonic. And even people in the Democratic Party are recognizing, hold on now, wait a minute now, this, we don't remember ever trying to just control everybody that doesn't agree with us. I mean, y'all, the stuff that's going on at schools, uh, I mean, it's just unbelievable. I mean, and you're watching the dark side try to take over. And at this point, at this point, the enemy pretty much has a, uh, his bully spirit, he has pretty much intimidated um, um, most of government, um, um, most of every society, definitely music, the arts, media, government, you know, um, those different type of things, and, and a large majority of the church, to the point now where people won't say anything that has to do with holiness or righteousness, period. Okay, now, I know some people don't like this either. There's, there's one thing, you're gonna, you'll see this later on, because people don't believe me, and that's fine. It's not up to them to believe me. But, but, um, but uh, when Donald Trump's get out of office, if Pence doesn't get in, watch what happens. Watch what happens, and watch how fast it happens. Because I'm telling you right now, right now the enemy is poised and positioned to turn his full attention to bringing down the church. Yep, and that's when I will put on my lion cape. Dun, 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 dun. I've been waiting on you, fool, for a long time. It's Phil Collins. I can feel it coming in the air at night. Boom. Genesis chapter 6, verse 1. Okay. So I just want to show you again uh, the danger of this, y'all, seriously, is that you are, we are all going to have to make a decision. And I understand that sometimes I'm preaching to the choir, but you know there are a lot of people listening to me. You're going to have to make a serious decision after today where you spend your time. Like the Holy Spirit told me today. He said, if it's not in heaven, you shouldn't be looking at it, listening to it, saying it, thinking it, and doing it. And he said, if you can operate in that way, he said, while you are on planet Earth, right in front of the devil's face, he said, you will think you are in heaven. God wants to set a table for you right in the presence of your enemies. They sitting there standing right in front of you and a golden table just appears with a brand new set of keys to a brand new car and, and, and a brand new spouse for somebody to single and all of that. Genesis 6, 1 through 8. This is strike one. Then the people began to multiply on the earth and daughters were born to them. This is in the beginning. Sons of God saw the beautiful women and took any they wanted as their wives. That phrase, sons of God, is not human beings, it is angels. Women back then were extremely beautiful. Somebody that a man would think is fine today, nope, that's Godzilla compared to how them women look back then. Because you gotta remember that when Adam and Eve, how many of you know, Adam and Eve were the two most attractive people that you would ever see. I always joke and say that if my wife saw Adam, she'd kick me to the curb. Because, know, they didn't even think that was funny. They didn't think that's all right. It's okay to laugh, y'all. It was a joke. Y'all get the point. I'm saying you're talking about two extremely beautiful people who are perfect. I mean, I want you, ladies, I want you to imagine, you know, I have to be careful what I say in the pool because it'd be some lady that's thinking, oh, who are you thinking about? You know, I want you to think about a guy, the most attractive man that you've ever seen, the most attractive man that you've ever seen, and imagine him. Um, looking a hundred times better than that. You never have bad breath. You never have crust in your eyes. Your skin is clearer than a baby's. I mean, everything. And Adam and Eve looked completely different than they did. They looked more like God, a God and a goddess, if you call it that. And so, so the point that I'm making is, is that, is that 
that beautified effect and the supernatural that they walked in and the spiritual heavenly status that they walked in when they sin that it took a while for that to wear off that's the reason why in the beginning men kept living all the way to 900 years of age because they they were once it was once they were eternal they would have lived forever but once they once they stopped eating from that tree of life which gave you eternal life and once they disconnected from the light it still took a while for the enemy to figure out how to kill you at 70 instead of 900. Okay, so, so the same way it took a long time for men to die shorter is the same way that that beautification effect, it took a long time to wear off. So there's, there was a beauty back then that we just can't comprehend today. Um, and so, and so they, apparently they were so beauty, beautiful that the angels looked upon these women and, and lusted after them and began to, I don't know if they shape-shifted, I don't know what they did. But the scripture makes it clear that these beings came in and had sexual relations with these women because of how beautiful they were. These dudes were willing to, that's crazy. So uh, verse 3, then the Lord said, my spirit will not put up with humans for such a long time for they are only mortal flesh. In the future, their normal lifespan will be no more than 120 years. Now people say 80 that's not what God said. That's what David said. Be very careful with what a man says in the Bible versus what God says. See, a lot of things that are recorded by prophets, some of it is truth and some of it is what they said. Like Job, Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Okay, it's not what God said. He said that because of the situation he's in. If you read the rest of Job, at the end of Job, God rebukes Job for everything that he said. He said, man, I guess you an expert. So, you know, he went down the list. Where were you when I created this and the technology in the snow? And where were you when I commanded the oceans to stop? He said, where were you when I hung the earth on nothing? <laughs> you guys are crazy. What do you mean you hung the earth on nothing? I can do stuff like that. <laughs> he just set the tile right there, leave it there. And this tile just stay there right there. Just, man, this is crazy. Okay, so be careful with what is, what is, uh, what is said. Okay, so... Um, he said that the normal lifespan would be no more than 120 years. And those days and for some time after, giant Nephilites or Nephilim lived on the earth. This is the byproduct of an angel sleeping with a woman. Okay. Giants lived on the earth. For whenever the sons of God had intercourse with women, they gave birth to children who became the heroes and famous warriors of ancient times. This is mean in a diabolical sense, you know. So whenever the angels have sex with women, they would give birth to these beings. And these things were very, very violent and they loved to fight. Okay. And so the Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth. And he saw that. Now think about this. It's, even, it's not even like this today. He saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. That is, the by, that is the side effect of when the angelic beings move in that are not lined up with God. And they begin to influence men. This is what it ended up being. So the Lord was sorry that he had ever made them and put them on earth. It broke his heart. And the Lord said, I will wipe this human race I have created from the face of the earth. Yes, and I will destroy every living thing. All the people, the large animals, the small animals that scurry along the ground and even the birds of the sky. I am sorry I ever made them. But Noah found favor with the Lord. So that's what happened back then is you have this event by which demonic influence causes great sexual perversion. And because of it, it then runs rampant and then God has to come in and bring destruction. So that's part one. Part two, Genesis 19, 1 through 13. Most of you know the history of the story about Sodom and Gomorrah, about how um, God came to Abraham. He appeared to Abraham with two angelic servants, and uh, they I started to say they had dinner and coffee with him. They had a meal with him, and, uh, and so afterwards, it's, uh, he told Abraham that, uh, man, I've been hearing about what's going on in Sodom and Gomorrah, and I'm getting ready to go investigate. You go back and read the story. It said that he stood there and communed with Abraham, sent his two angelic servants into the city to go check it out. Okay, so they checked it out, came back and reported, this place is completely perverted. 
And so the Lord said, then we will destroy it. So we'll pick up Genesis 19, verse 1. That evening, the two angels came to the entrance of the city of Sodom. Lot was sitting there. and When he saw them, he stood up to meet them. Then he welcomed them and bowed with his face to the ground. My lords, he said, come to my home to wash your feet and be my guest for the night. You may then get up early in the morning and be on your way again. Oh, no, they replied. We'll just spend the night out here in the city square. But Lot insisted. So at last they went home with him and Lot prepared a feast for them, complete with fresh bread made without yeast. And they ate. But before they retired for the night, all everyone say all, all, all the men of Sodom, young and old, came from all over the city and surrounded the house. This is a city by which every man and boy is a homosexual man. It's crazy. Every person, every man. Can you, ladies, can you imagine living in a city where every man ain't thinking about no women? Verse five, they shouted to Lot, where are the men who came to spend the night with you? Bring them out to us so that we can have sex with them. So Lot stepped outside to talk to them, shutting the door behind them. Please, my brothers, he begged, don't do such a wicked thing. I have two virgin daughters. Uh, let me bring them out to you and you can do with them as you wish. But please leave these men alone. For they are my guests <clears throat> and under my protection. Stand back, they shouted. This fellow came to town as an outsider and now he's acting like our judge. We'll treat you far worse than those other men. And they lunged toward Lot to break the door. But the two angels reached out, pulled Lot into the house and bolted the door. Then they blinded all the men, young and old, who were at the door of the house. So they gave up trying to get inside. Meanwhile, the angels questioned Lot. Do you have any other relatives here in the city? Get them out of this place. Watch this. Your sons-in-law, your sons, your daughters, and anyone else. Okay, now when it says sons-in-law, Scripture also says that his daughters were virgins. How you, got, how, how, you have a, how you have daughters and you got sons-in-law and your daughter's still virgin because they were married to homosexual men. That's the reason why those men that they were married to did not make it out of Sodom and Gomorrah alive. They had to be judged also. Anyone else? For we are about to destroy the city completely. The outcry against this place is so great it has reached the Lord. And he has sent us to destroy it. Hey, this is a very, very crazy story. The last one we read is crazy too. How many of you know there's some crazy stuff in the Bible? And this is crazy. I don't know what is crazier. The fact that, you know, one, how many know crazy number one is how in the world did a whole city become gay? Crazy number two, even if this, the whole city is gay, all of the men, that's the, this is the lust that is on the entire city. Where when two new men show up, every single man comes out like a fly on honey. Now, I want you to think about that. Every man in the city is a homosexual man. And the lust that is on them is so strong. When two new guys show up, the lust on all of those men drives every man in the city to that front door. I mean, no, that's crazy. Crazy number three is the fact that this man recognized that this was so wicked, he was willing to give that mob his daughters. And he said, do with my daughters whatever you want. How many know that's crazy number three? As I always say, if that's my house, the only thing that's coming out the front door is hot bullets right into your stomach. I'm not getting... Y'all, but see, that is the, and unfortunately, you all, when you, those two scenarios are the ones that we are right now in again. And so that's why you see this, 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 <laughs> this is unreal. <laughs> okay, Genesis 19, 23, 25. Lot reached the village just as the sun was rising over the horizon because the angels told him, and Lot was sticking around, by the way. When they said, they said, look, dude, they said, we can't do anything until you leave. And it said, Lot picking up pots and pans. And, and, and one of y'all, some of y'all married to spouses. It's time to go. Then they want to clean up the house. <laughs> now, he doing stuff. He dusting furniture and looking for stuff. And he's taking the angel like, dude, we got to go. We got to destroy this place. So Lot was taking too long. Okay. And Lot finally left and reached the village just as the sun was rising over the horizon. Huh. 
Uh, uh. I just got a revelation about something. Hmm. Then the Lord rained down fire and burning sulfur from the sky on Sodom and Gomorrah. He utterly destroyed them along with the other cities and villages of the plain, wiping out all the people and every bit of vegetation. When you read the rest of the story, you always remember this. Perversion begets perversion. When they left the city, Lot did leave. He left with his two daughters. But then his two daughters got him drunk and slept with him. And, and both the daughters got pregnant by him. Yeah, like she said, they created a group called the Moabites, who they were wicked too. See? So, so um, it would behoove you to be holy. I'm just saying. I mean, it's, and today, you know, holiness ain't coming to church and just not cussing and not sleeping around. You know, you 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 gonna have to really you you gonna have to let them call you a nerd today, even if you're 20 years of age. I mean, because you, you, look, you're either living for the, the the pleasing of people, or you're living because let me tell you something. When that clock comes down to zero, you don't get a chance to have a do-over. You just don't. When I was in school, when I was in school. You know, I would act up in school, and it's funny because, but then when parent-teacher's conference got close. <laughs> how many of y'all know what I'm talking about? I, someone would hit me, you know what, I've been acting a fool, but time is up. And it's time for me to stop acting a fool and start acting like a little angel in class. And I never will forget, every single time, it never worked. You know what the teacher said? Oh, she said, your son has been an angel. For the last week, I heard her tell that, my, tell, tell that to my mother one time. And she said, but he was acting a fool until he knew prayer teacher conference was coming. So guess what? I was, what I did for that week didn't matter. My penalty was based on what I did for the majority. You cannot waste your time thinking you have time left. To, to every day you don't live for Christ is a day you lose a reward. And we have, I got to do a better job. I'm actually moving over and ask the Lord to give me some experience. You, I mean, y'all, there's a difference when you get an award on an award show, Price is Right, you can win 20 grand on Family Feud, or a million dollars on, you know, what is that show where you can win a million dollars? Who wants to be a millionaire? I mean, that, that, that's different. There's a difference between, you know, a, an investment that might pay off and, and bring you $10 million. They got investments out there like that. Versus, versus what you invest for eternity. And, and, that's, that's, and, and unfortunately, I, I got to do a better job because people have not heard that for so long that even when I say it, it kind of goes in one ear and out the other about, okay, everything that I'm doing in a short period of time is going gonna, is gonna to determine the rest of my time. So I'm going to come back around and teach that. It's going to be some good stuff here because, and we're doing this on purpose so that the world can hone in on our website and read this stuff. You better be willing to give up everything. I don't care no more, y'all. I want a sports car. I don't care if I don't get one. I want all type of stuff, but you know what? I'm good. Because when that, when that clock runs down to zero, at that moment, you didn't got to think about your past life and everything that you made an excuse about. And God does not pay attention to excuses. And let me tell you something. It would seem like this language should be for the ones who don't ever come to church. But you know what you'll find? The scripture says, to him who has, more shall be given. So the ones that produce a little bit of faithfulness, God will chastise you so you can become more faithful so that you can get the biggest reward. Because there are many people that say, your church, you're going to get the reward for a lot of people that lose theirs. Because the rewards don't go anywhere. So, I mean, I mean, the Lord will have you doing certain things and sacrifice certain things. And, and 10 people lost their reward. We got to give it to somebody. You remember in the scripture? You remember what he said? He said, the one that didn't do nothing, take his and give it to the one who did the most. And the other one said, but he already got a whole bunch. And he said, yep, because that's how the kingdom is. The ones who produce the most get the most. We don't like that in this society. That's why some of y'all don't like, never mind, rich folk. Let me just share the story um, uh, about kind of where we are. I shared this story Sunday, and I'm, I'm going to share it quickly again. Most of you know who Sadhu is, Sadhu Sundar. He's an Indian man, totally dedicated to Christ, nothing else. He doesn't go to movies, don't watch TV. All he, preach, spend time with God, pray, spend time with God, preach at a church, spend time with God. That's all he does. So he has experiences like this. He never changes clothes. Every time you see him, he got an orange robe. He looked like he's Moses' cousin. I'm serious. 
But the dude is the truth. I mean, he says, he says stuff that make me wonder, this brother might be off a little bit. He, he, I learned my lesson about that in the past. And I'm not saying he's right about everything. No man is right about everything. But he had an experience. He was preaching in Australia. And, um, and before he went to the church, he said that night, the, I guess the church service was Sunday morning, I'm assuming. He said the previous night, he said an angel appeared to him in his room and said, be ready at 10 o'clock a.m. tomorrow morning because um, God wants to meet with you. How many of you know that is not the time for you to be late? I can guarantee you somebody else will be late. Some people really will be late on God. This is unreal. Okay, so he said, so that, how many know, that's not the time to go to sleep and set your alarm clock. God is about to meet with me. Uh, I'll be on the front porch. I know it's 30 degrees, but I'm going to just go out there in a pair of underwear so I can make sure I stay awake because I don't want to miss this appointment. Pass me not, O oh gentle Savior. Y'all remember that song? <laughs> Some of the people are like, what is he singing? Hey. So he said, sure enough, 10 o'clock he got up, began to wait on the Lord. And he said, uh, then an angel took him straight to heaven. And he said he was allowed to sit in on a meeting. There are many councils in heaven. And they meet about different groups. I mean, about different groups that, that are over certain things. You have some councils that they discuss the things concerning the universe. Yes, there are other dimensions with other beings. There are no other dimensions with beings in them that are made in the image of God. Okay, when you see all of this sci-fi stuff, how I many you remember watch Star Wars? And they were going to a little bar. See all of these creatures. If you just look at the spaceships, you know, just, you know what I'm saying? All of the different creatures. These are beings that God has created in other dimensions. But none of them is like us, made in the image of God. So when the scripture says we will rule and reign with Christ, one of the things that we will be ruling over is these beings in other dimensions. Side, side note, y'all. Wednesday nights is about to be deep from now on, just letting you know. So, um, um, okay, with my deepness, let me come back to shore for a second and figure out where the canoe is. Um, so he said that, uh, so there are many different councils in heaven. And he said this particular council, he said that is made up is one that discusses the affairs and determines the course of events in planet Earth. He said the men that were on this council, he said, was Elijah, Moses, Jeremiah, the Apostle Paul. Um, can't remember a couple of the other ones. And so the angel took up, took him to heaven and said, you are here to watch a decision that is being made based on planet Earth. And so he said that, oh, and the leader of the council is Abraham. So he said, he said, there's this big table. And he said, they're sitting there. And they said that Abraham pulled out a map of Australia, because that's what Saul Sutter was preaching. He pulled out a map of Australia, set it on the table. Now, this is technology that is beyond your comprehension. And so he said he took what looked like some type of instrument in his hand. And he said he drew a line from east to west in Australia, from one point to another. Drew another line from north to south. He said where the lines connected, he said when they connected, he said two angels appeared on the map of Australia that were in planet Earth. And so, you know, he was explaining that, you know, what we could call like a hologram, or, uh, you know, what's that scene in stories? Obi-Wan. Uh, never mind. What do you say, Mike? <laughs> never mind. <laughs> I mean, these movies were deep. But anyway, y'all know what a hologram is. Okay, you, you project. Well, it was similar to that, just much different. So y'all can imagine, some of you have seen Iron Man where he'll bring up that thing and he can pull stuff out of it. Well, this was similar, just much greater. And he said all of the council members had something, he said, that reminded him of an iPad. But he said whatever these instruments were, he said they were so technologically advanced, they will never need to be updated forever. And so you can imagine what this scene looks like. So he said the two angels were giving a report. And they were giving a report about what they had found in Sydney, Australia. The two angels that were giving the report about the sexual perversion in Sydney, Australia were the same two angels who gave a report about Sodom and Gomorrah. Y'all follow me? So they gave the report. Matter of fact, let me just read this. Let me just go back to Sunday service and let me read this in detail so I don't mess up and tear up. Let me read to you what they said. 
is worth repeating. This is what they said word for word. They said, the things they do down here are too awful to even mention. Dogs are brought into gay clubs by women and sexual acts are committed. The men are also committing these acts. So much sexual perversion takes place in the city, it makes Sodom and Gomorrah pale in comparison. The two angels said, when we, listen to what the two angels said. They said, when we visited Sodom and Gomorrah 6,000 years ago, men were engaged in gross sexual acts only with men. They said, but in this city, they said, men are doing sex and sexual acts with men. Women are doing sex and sexual acts with women. Men and women doing sex and sexual acts with animals. Parents doing sex and sexual acts with their own children. And grandparents doing sex and sexual acts with their grandchildren. They said, there are parents here engaging in sexual perversion with their children as though they were husband and wife. And they said, we see babies being strangled and killed. Same in the name of medical science, some of the name of uh, the name of medical science, some with violent brutality and some children are being killed and being fed to dogs. And so when the two angels finished their report, um, uh, the prophet, they said the, he said that the prophet Elijah stood up with fire in his eyes. Can you imagine being in heaven in a council meeting like that with the prophets of old? You're sitting there like, what in the world am I doing here? You're still trying to figure out what is the writing utensil, Abraham. What is that thing that you had, man? I mean, you make this, this is really sensory overload. And, and these angels appear right there, and they're giving a report while they're in Australia. And so, and so as they finished the report, the prophet Elijah stood up mad from the table with fire in his eyes and demanded, what is the church doing about this? The angels reported Two things. They said, number one, the church is sleeping. And they said, number two, the church is engaging in the same activities. And they said, the church is drunk with the wine of Jezebel and engaged in similar perversion. So, um, so the meeting ended, and this is how the meeting ended. The meeting ended with the angels being given instructions to close many churches. Remember what Jesus told that one church in Revelation? Go study Revelation chapter 2 and 3. It's Jesus giving a message to seven different churches. And he would give them, uh, he would give them a, some he would give an encouragement. Most he gave a threat. And then he would give them a promise about what would happen for eternity if they overcame. It's a wonderful read, Revelation 2 and Revelation 3. I'll read it from time to time to locate myself. Because how many know it's easy to get off track? And so, um, and so, but one of the churches, at least one of the churches, Jesus said, and if you don't get your act together, he said, I'll come and I'll blow your candle out. That means I'll close your church. So there are many churches that are closing. It is not Satan, it's Jesus. Matter of fact, most churches that's closing is not Satan, it's Jesus. So, some close, but they're closing and they will never open. They just shut the doors. Okay. Then there are some. And the crazy thing is, there are churches you drive on Sunday morning, the parking lot is full, and they don't even know the church has been closed in the spirit. When the Lord closes your church, it is not an immediate uh, uh, thing. You, do, you die a very slow death. Very slow. Y'all remember when, when uh, the prophet came to Saul, in, 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 I think it's the book of Samuel. He came to Saul. after Saul was king for two years. The prophet showed up and said, hey, because of your disobedience, he said, the anointing is no longer on you. You are no, listen to what he said, you are no longer king. And he stayed in the position for 38 years and dried up to the point he was fooling with witches before he died. Slow death when Jesus closes the church. Fired, but you still got your position. That's deep, ain't it? You can always tell, and it's, y'all, this is the norm. Yeah, we just had five people that joined our church all on the same Sunday, and they all came from the same church. And guess why they came? They, they pointed out to the pastor, hey, this person that you got here in this ministry position, uh, they living in gross sin. So the pastor said, well, y'all judge it. So he got rid of the five people and kept the individual that was living in sin. Yeah, they ain't saying nothing, though. No. Big church, too, on that side. I don't know what about them churches over there on that side of town, on Riverdale. Them churches over there are walking in some straight perversion. I don't know if they're being influenced by those three temples. I don't know. But those big churches over there, and, and one church, 
it was it was one the biggest church over there closed down and whittled down so bad that they're meeting in the gym now. Thirty million dollars in debt. Thirty million dollars in debt, meeting in a gym. Food with God, you know, your grandma said you can play with God if you want to. Okay, so let me go back to the message so we can close this down. Last major scripture, 2 Peter 2, 1 through 10. So that was strike one, that was strike two. But the story I just shared with you is now on strike three. So, okay, now that was the word for Australia, but I can guarantee you it's the same thing all over the place. So there are a bunch of churches in Australia that's getting ready to close. And it's all over the place. Australia was terrible. So you got several churches, they're just losing members, you know. Don't be connected to a failure, folk. Let them talk about you when you leave. As old Oedipo said, if a church is not feeding you spiritually, relocate to another one. You only get one life. You know if the food is good or not. I had a friend of mine named Frank Raymore. This dude was just as crazy. Frank was crazy. I mean, he see a cigarette on the ground that's been there for four days. He'll go pick it up and light it. I mean, he just, Frank was crazy. He's just, he just crazy like that. Frank Raymore, I never forget that boy as long as I live. He was just a weird guy. I mean, he, I mean, he had a big old monster truck. Big black guy. Big old monster truck. But he would go around. You know how you get these guys that they blast their music? Because they, I mean, it's boom, boom, boom. He had a big old monster truck. He would just play orchestra music everywhere he went. <laughs> Blasted it. Just orchestra music. And people were like, what is that? It's a foreigner from another race. Frank was crazy. Now, what was I about to tell you about Frank that he did so crazy? Oh, yeah, he uh, was talking about, you know, uh, you know when the food is good. He opened up a restaurant called Bebe's. <laughs> and when you walked inside the restaurant, you walked around a restaurant. Now, the only one, the only Bebe's was in Detroit, the one he opened. When you walked in the restaurant, it said Bebe's. Detroit, Bay Bay, Chicago, Bay Bay's Florida, Bay Bay's Atlanta. He's trying to give people the impression that he had a chain going on. And, and I'll never forget that lady came up in there because I, I used to work with him. So we had to stop by his restaurant one time. He went back in the back and that lady came in. She said, there is something wrong with these ribs. He said, no, there's something wrong with your taste buds. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> yeah, that's the type of restaurant he ran. Bay Bay's. Look it up for all y'all folks in Detroit. Look it up. It's on the west side. <laughs> Somebody in here from Detroit might have been to that place. Really? Is that the place that sent me to the hospital? <laughs> y'all, it is some ghetto restaurants in Detroit, but they got one called Texas Style. It has burned down three times to the ground. It is the most raggedy joint that you have ever heard of in your life. Whenever I go there, I make a special trip there. Every time you go in the place, they're being cussed out. They will keep your change without permission. It's something straight off of a Mandia show. It's called Texas Style on the west side on Schaefer Road. It is the most raggedy establishment. They keep the heat on behind the window, but you're freezing on the other side. They'll take, and, and, and 15 people will come in and place their order, and not, order number one has been ready for 30 minutes, but they keep them all in the back. Right. Order number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and 12. <laughs> and then eight, nine, and 10, 11 start cussing them out. I've been here for 45 minutes. That's the atmosphere you're walking to every single time. I took two friends there. They said, you are lying. I said, watch this. I went right up in there. Just like, dude, this needs to be on television. Back then, they didn't have reality shows. What do you say? Yeah. Oh, yeah, have you been there? Yeah, it is good. I mean, because I told him, I said, y'all better not never forget the recipe. Because the, 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 those are the best. Whoo, that'll make you slap. That won't make you slap your mama. That'll make you slap your whole family tree. <laughs> You'll line them up like the Three Stooges. Rap! All right, let's finish. That go way off track. Talking about ribs and Texas style and babies. Nice little cool commercial break. But the point that I was making with all of that is, you know when food tastes good or not. You know when you are fed. You are a grown adult. You know if the word is making a difference in your life or not. You are not stupid. You... Second Peter 2, 1 through 10. But there were also false prophets in Israel, 
just as there will be false teachers among you. They will cleverly teach destructive heresies or heresies and even deny the master who bought them. So these people are clever in the way that they teach these things. And this way they will bring sudden destruction on themselves. I had a guy I thought he was clever on Facebook. He said, now if King James was doing all of these immoral acts and sleeping with his family members and all that type, y'all Christians still reading his Bible. So I couldn't, take, I couldn't let that one slide. So I gave him a nice discourse on how the Bible came. And other people chimed in. After my quote, it went dead zero. Because I said, first of all, King James didn't write nothing. If the Bible was written, most people don't even know. 99% of the people on the planet don't know that the Bible was written by 40 different men on three different continents from different socioeconomic backgrounds. Most of them have never even met, yet their writings match perfectly. He didn't know that. I guess he was back there doing research. <laughs> What's also interesting is, is that 90% of the disciples that Jesus picked were all businessmen. Because he doesn't like lazy people. Verse 2, many, not a few, many will follow their evil teachings and shameful immorality. So it's evil teaching and shameful immorality. It's this new thing now. Two men get married, one got on a wedding dress. Mm -hmm. And don't be looking up stuff and sending me no stuff. I don't need no extra stuff. I preach stuff for go look it up on YouTube and then send me more. I don't need to see it. I didn't even want to see the first one. Half the stuff I found out by accident. In their greed, they will make up clever lies to get a hold of your money. But God condemned them long ago. He saw them coming. And their destruction will not be delayed. For God did not spare even the angels who sinned. He threw them into hell in gloomy pits of darkness where they are being held until the day of judgment. And God did not spare the ancient world. Excuse me, the ancient world, except for Noah and the seven others in his family. Noah warned the world of God's righteous judgment the same way that we're going to warn them. So God protected Noah when he destroyed the world of ungodly people with a fast flood. Later, God condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah and turned them into heaps of ashes. He made them an example of what will happen to ungodly people. So you got Noah, which we read about, and you got Sodom and Gomorrah. Verse 7, but God also rescued Lot out of Sodom because he was a righteous man who was sick of the shameful immorality of the wicked people around him. Yes, Lot was a righteous man who was tormented in his soul by the wickedness he saw and heard day after day. How I many of you know that's happening to you every day? So you see, the Lord knows how to rescue godly people from their trials even while keeping the wicked under punishment until the day of final judgment. He is especially hard on those who follow two things, their own twisted sexual desire and who despise authority, the main two things you see rampant right now. These people are proud and arrogant, daring even to scoff at supernatural beings without so much as trembling. They scoff at them from afar, not when they're in their presence. Okay, so as a result of that, we'll read his last scripture, Colossians 3, 1 through 4. Otherwise, the church will be swallowed up whole. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, Set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits, in the place of honor at God's right hand. Notice the scripture said, set your sights on the realities of heaven. In other words, church, in order to operate above the intellectual level in planet Earth, you need to set your sights on heaven and begin to understand how we operate and what is up there with the interaction with planet Earth so that you can share these things and it will mystify, confuse, and let the world know that we still operate on a different level of science than you are. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you have died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all of his glory. So what Chris said, you've died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. That's your eternal life. Okay? And so that's what the church has to do is, is that we have to, uh, and we, of course, as a church, we do that. But, but now we're going to really be extreme about it in regards to, because right now, you know, like the story I just shared with you all about Sadhu being caught up to heaven and witnessing this. And then that, you start talking like, the church start talking stuff like that. This makes the scientists 
Like, what? Because you're even talking about technological instruments in heaven. You know what I'm saying? This, it's amazing how this gets their attention. It really does. And so I was listening to a Christian scientist, not the cult stuff, but this is a Christian man who is a scientist. He believes he's called to get scientists saved. And he was breaking some stuff down from scripture. And I was just like, whoa. And he was going, I was like, whoa, let me rewind this for a second. He was just talking about how mathematically you can prove that there are 10 dimensions. He said, we only know about three. He said, I'm sorry. He said, we only know about four, but have access to three. The fourth one is what we would call the spirit realm, which is where the witches are working from. Okay. So there's several dimensions, but it's three levels, three heavens, but several dimensions. And so, and so this is, and you see this in the movie. Any of you see Captain Marvel? Okay, well, you see movies like, I mean, you see movies where a man will step into another dimension, step right back out. Many of you saw Doctor Strange, and you remember when he was on the hospital visit, uh, hospital bed, and the lady was operating on him, and he disappeared, but then he stuck his head out that dimension into this one and was giving her, you know, directions. Well, that's very, very much true. This is how Jesus just appeared before the disciples. He was actually right there, but he was in the dimension that cannot be seen. When he's in that dimension, they can see theirs and this one. When we are in this dimension, we can only see this one. We cannot see theirs. For some reason, this physical body is a blinder for the other dimension. When you come out of the physical body, you can see the other dimension. This is the reason why when people get close to death, they start seeing stuff. Because when the body is beginning to shut down, the dimensions start getting crossed. And I was just talking to somebody recently. And, and they said that when their grandmother or somebody was dying, and they said that she, they're all in the room, she looked up and she says, oh my Lord, that's the beautiful, most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And they're like, what, what? Well, we're gonna get close to death. I remember another man, the, the family was in his room and, and he was looking out the window, everyone was in the room. And they said, he looked over to the side, and he said, he said, who is that man over there in that beautiful white garment standing by the tree? And they all looked outside, they said, Granddad, ain't nobody out there. He said, no, I'm looking right at him, looking at me. Okay, so that's what these other dimensions are. And so that's the reason why, one of the reasons why the Bible says for us to seek what is in the other dimension so that we can overwhelm the world. The other reason is, is that when you find out what is there, you'll be willing to give up the one that you're living in. You won't care nothing about, y'all, there's some things that you see in other dimension. Somebody give you a Lamborghini, you're like, throw that thing in the trash, I don't need that. Somebody gave my pastor a, uh, a Rolls Royce Phantom. He said, give it back, I ain't got nothing to do with that thing. He said, that's why you wear the same suit. If you notice, you're always wearing white suits every single time. He said, I don't go shopping. He said, for what, to impress you? He said, I already got the biggest thing in the planet. What am I going to impress you for? He said, I don't have time to shop. He said, that's what people just, never mind, let me just keep on going. Man, I mean, he, he just he made him make me feel like a sinner. <laughs> but you need somebody. T.D. Jake said that you need somebody in your life that makes you feel like you're not doing anything because it keeps pulling you up. Okay? So, you know, I just wanted to share that because um, so, you know, I'm, I'm beginning to feel and I'm going to move on this that when Saturday mornings for the all still location is going to be the regular service. But Saturday's location is going to be more of a training and resource center um, um, for business, ministry, gifts of the spirit, inner healing, training of all sorts. I know I'm getting ready to start this platform for people that believe they're called to ministry. I'm going to start another platform for people who are in business or want to go into business because most don't make it when it comes to both. Very few people make it. Even in ministry, the Bible says many are called but few are chosen. Um, the Lord has anointed me for both. I didn't know the Lord had given me an anointing for business as well as a bunch of other stuff. And so uh, not to do it, but to weird to teach it. I have done smaller businesses over the years, you know, but uh, so that's going to be Saturdays. Sundays is going to be more, I don't want to say traditional, but Sundays is going to be more of a, we're focusing our attention on growing Sundays. That'd be like the church. Y'all know what I'm saying? Um, this location will be deeper, that one will be more powerful. I don't know how to exactly explain that, it's kind of like the difference between authority and power, but, but uh, you, this one will be more of a deep pool, that one will be more like a explosion. And, uh, but Wednesday night is going to begin to turn over into the deeper things. Um, and so, um, the deeper things of God, heavenly things, things that I have never shared, um, 
And sometimes I might preach on it for 15 minutes and then we pray. Other times it might be a whole thing. But it's going to be very, very heavy because at this point, um, as we start going video-wise now, um, it's going to be a lot of attention that's going to be geared towards us. And it's going to be geared toward us, not because we're just a nice church. How I many know cool-looking churches come a dime a dozen nowadays? They just, oh, Lord, I told my wife today, I am so tired of seeing churches on Facebook. I don't know what to do. Oh, Lord, just, oh, man, maybe I got too many friend requests from Christians or something. I need to start getting friend requests from heathens. I mean, just, and all of these churches out here, Jeremiah Johnson just did a blog. He said, who are all of these pastors trying to teach us how to grow a church? And theirs haven't grown. Uh, and and uh, maybe they come to me. Maybe they don't come to you. But you see them on the thread all day, every day. These are these experts. They want to teach you how to get your church from 100 to 400. And, and of course, there is a catch. And that is you can sign up. They got these different packages, <laughs> mentorship packages. One is $20 a month. Another one is $50 a month. Another one is $100 a month. Then you have the platinum, $300 a month. Let me get this right. I'm going to pay you to teach me how to do something that I can get for free. I mean, it's just insane. It's just insane. So um, I'm just encouraging you all to be faithful because um, what is coming, no one is prepared for. And the Lord has been preparing us for it. I was talking to my friend. And he, was saying that, he was saying that when I was talking about the secret friendly churches earlier, he said in the meeting, um, they were saying that what they had been doing, one of the problems that was brought up was people who are coming to their churches that have problems that they haven't seen and they can't deal with. So they've been sending them to deliverance churches. Well, go over there to them. They believe in that stuff because we can't handle it. And y'all, if what I saw change in seven years is any indication of the future, what's, what is it going to be like in the next seven? So... If these churches don't get themselves together, I don't know what they're going to do. Because with what is coming, you're going to have to operate in a level of power and arrogance where you threaten everybody. And here's our address in case you want to come looking for us. I mean, it's, you're going to have to come at a level of power. So I'm switching that now. I mean, can you imagine as we go on social media talking about demonology and the occult and all of those things? People are like, this man talking this stuff and nobody talks that stuff. You don't even know nobody. Okay, so I'm just encouraging you. Pray and um, um, and you know, I'm going to be creating a serious amount of order around the church. I mean, it's going to be so disciplined where we'll have, indivi we'll have individuals, their sole responsibility is to make sure that our tiles are set. There has to be a huge amount of order. When I've never been interested in the book of Numbers, ever, until I opened up a church. A couple years ago, I was reading through the book of Numbers and it blew me away because the book of Numbers is a book of order. I mean, just, I mean, I was reading something today, and Jesus, I mean, the Lord had divided the 12 tribes of Israel into four groups, three in each group. And he said, just when you all leave to go to another land, he said, the first group, you all go first. Second one, you all go second. This one, you all go third. And other ones, you always go behind. Every time you leave to go from one spot to another, that is the order you must go. They were, they had... Each tribe had to take a count. And when they put the count together, it was like 630,000 people and 192, down to the last individual. I mean, the order was just impeccable because in order for you to go where we are going, you got to have a huge amount of order, not for the purpose of control, but for the purpose of facilitating more freedom. Okay? So it's a lot of things that we're going to be doing. I'm going to be doing conferences, calls. Saturday mornings before service is going to be training time from like 8 to 9. Uh, we're doing everything from ushers to children's church to business people to ministry people because the Lord wants us to be prepared to be able to ride this storm instead of being swallowed up by it. So that's the thing that I just wanted to encourage you with, y'all. There's a great amount of perversion that is here. And they are, um, um, what is going on is, is that um, they are turning on the church in the invisible realm. But soon they will turn on the church also in the physical realm. As crazy as this may seem to some of y'all, and as crazy as this may seem to people who are listening to me, one of the main reasons why they have not turned on the church in the United States is because of the man that's sitting in office. Main reason. Now, okay, main reason they haven't done it publicly because um, of him and the decisions that he has made to protect the body of Christ and to protect Israel.
And so, uh, and they understand that he can't be bought and he can't be broken, whether he's right or wrong. You know, I mean, you know, whether you like the man or you love the man, one thing you cannot say is Donald Trump is a yellow streak punk. You know what I'm saying? That you can talk about him all day long. You're gonna come right back on Twitter. You talked about me. Bam! Here it is again. How you like me now? I'm not about to change my mind. It's a scary man. Scary man. I thank God, you know, that I'm sure he's made mistakes just like all of us. But I thank God that some of the major decisions that he's made has been for righteousness. Whether he's righteous or not, I'm looking at the decisions that he has made. People getting so caught up. Y'all, can I say one other thing and I'll let y'all go? If it wasn't for our church, I don't know if I'd even be on social media. I'm not saying this anything. Some of you called to be on social media. Some of you have businesses. I'm not talking about that. But I, I look at what is being pushed out by most Christians, um, even when it comes to that one page called Church of Laugh. Have you ever heard that? They have many different pages. They have one called Church of Laugh. And there's this thing now in the Christian community where we just make fun of everything. You know, you know, any little thing, you know, if Carla comes around, comes here and she falls down on the floor by mistake, somebody records it and then upslows it. Upload, uploads it. You know, they, someone took a picture of Mary Mary and, um, and she has the, her head is rare, red and she has these two like uh, puffs on the side of her head. What, is that what you call it, a puff? Okay. And then right next to it is a caption and it has a clown with those same two puffs. And so, and so it's this thing where now um, nobody is free from attack. They, it's, let me find a way to attack you let me find a way to make fun of you. Let me find a way to micromanage your words and look for any, no matter how good the paragraph was, this one word you shouldn't have used, so we're gonna blow this up and we're gonna attack you. And so, so you're not in a season anymore, folk, where you can play nice. Because no matter how nice you play, it won't work with these fools out here. You basically really have to say, you know what? My name is getting ready to be dragged through the mud. But guess what? When that counter drags down to zero, my name won't be in the mud. My name will be in the book, while yours won't even be in the mud. Yours will be in hell. And because this, y'all, I've never, you know, I guess I can say I've never seen it before because maybe it's never been here before, but I've never seen this before. I just haven't, and I'm a strong man, and I'm just like, oh, I'm going to have to swing my sword really, really hard on this because this is no joke. And there's things that I don't even have answers for. When you see the plague that's going on in the, with our children, I don't have an answer for that. I don't have an answer for that. The only answer is to get them through the phones, you know, because this is what they watch all day long. And, and, and that's, and let me, let me, now what I will say is the planet has been here before. Everything operates in cycles. So unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, we're on the, we're on the back end of a final cycle where there will be more perversion in the planet than has ever been in the history of the planet. Because before, you know, cities and smaller areas, but now, you know, I'm talking about 7 billion people, I don't know, 8 billion, I don't know how much, what the count is now. So what I'm saying is be careful because you got to learn how to wade through the mud without letting the mud stick to you because you're going to be overwhelmed. You're going to be depression. You got to live in depression and not be depressed. You got to live in the mud but not be dirty. And you're not going to be able to do that unless you are 100% sold out to Christ, period. Otherwise, you're going to get caught up in the drama. I'm about to have a conversation with my kids right now because we've been talking to them, but now I'm checking every day. What you listening to? Okay. And my kids are pretty cool, but I know I mentioned to them the other day and something to them the other day, and, and they said something I was like. Because, you know, my kids, see, let me tell you something. I have to be careful with my kids because, my, you know, you have to be careful with your kids. Our kids are growing up in power. They're not growing up. They're not, you know, our kids are, are going to be different than the typical kids. They're, they're growing up. And, y'all, I didn't even know this stuff existed when I was a kid. Our kids are growing up in this as normal. So the danger is they get used to it. And they think that they can't be corrupted by the devil. Because the Lord gave me dreams. I mean, they taught us how to prophesy. We got a lady right now teaching the kids how to prophesy at children's church. So the danger in that is that, you're, you know, the kids can be prideful like we can be. And they tend to think, well, I can handle this because, after all, I got Holy Ghost power. And, you know, I mean, watch this. My kids could be like, well, sure, we can handle this. I mean, we can, cast, we can help our daddy cast out demons. i never forget when Otha tried to fight the demon in our household. That was one time. That was hilarious. You have to train the kids, you know. 
and 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 I don't know what the thing was saying, and 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 <laughs> Holy got ready to punch the grill. <laughs> I said, hey man, hey hey, you can't be doing that. You you don't fight the demons in the flesh, but but that spirit, he wasn't used to it. And Elder was ready to fight. Ah, he was <laughs> he was upset. I never forgot that. And that was an emotional day. Otha trying to fight the demon. Mariah praying in tongues like a locomotive. Four of us holding the girl down. Rachel in the other room upset because it's her birthday. That was, whew, that was a rough day, y'all. That was, whoo-wee. Yeah, so, so when this birthday came around, I had to spend money that I was not prepared to spare, spend in order to redeem myself with this girl. Cause she remembers that. Spent my birthday sitting up here casting the demon on this individual explosiveness. <laughs> this is my life, folks. Pray for me. Uh, that I might make it in. <coughs> so we got to be close together. And there's a lot of people coming, y'all. It's a lot of people getting ready to come. You know, and and there's this new group that just came in and did the membership orientation with knowledge, y'all. That just overwhelmed. Because there's like we didn't waste it our entire life. I said, no, you haven't, but that's the way they feel. Because they're coming in and it's like, we didn't even know this stuff existed. So, you know, we just got to be prepared for all of that, you know. And I'm going to encourage you all. You know, we you know, we were saving money for different things. And then I ended up doing some other things and helping a lot of people. I think I went too far with helping people. I tend to have a big heart when it comes to helping people. We're giving people. Let's just put it that way. So I'm encouraging. Some of you getting your tax return. We want to get some cameras and we want to get some stuff and want to get some equipment um, and for projects if you want to give extra to that you know whatever the Lord pluses on your heart um, just put it on the giving tab just put projects you know because we're going to move forward we're starting over and, um, and I'm just holding you for a second because you know I just want you all to take this moment serious because um, um, the Lord counted us worthy to start something.